Hello, 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 Boss Babes. Welcome to our other series of mini-sodes featuring Boss Babes in the Ottawa Valley and Lanark County that go beyond entrepreneurs and business owners. We are recognizing role models, activists, corporate leaders, and working professionals who are breaking barriers, sparking important conversations, and championing for change. We want to be inclusive and embrace those that are making an impact, are changing their communities, and are bringing awareness to topics that sometimes have the potential to generate controversy. Because ambitious and powerful boss babes aren't just making waves in the entrepreneurship world, and they too need to be heard. Now let's kickstart the conversation. Welcome to Boss Babe Corner. Looking for a job in Renfrew or Lanark County? The Labour Market Group of Renfrew and Lanark has launched the most comprehensive job board in the region, pulling from over 35 different job sites. With an interactive map to show you the resources surrounding each job, from childcare to grocery stores and more. And with additional tools, such as our Career Explorer, you'll find labour market information, including average wages and career change pathways, all in one place. Fill up your job toolkit today by visiting jobs.labormarketgroup.ca. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Boss Babe Corner. Growing up, when your parents asked if you were interested in learning how to play an instrument, I'm sure that the piano came up as an option. And for children, learning to play piano, juggling lessons, practice, and learning their favorite songs is a great way to teach these lifelong skills. But let's be honest, it's not an easy skill to learn, especially when one of the first steps is learning how to read music chords. And during the pandemic, seeing your music teacher was definitely not considered an essential service. And like the rest of us, they too had to pivot and attempt at offering virtual music lessons, which is a difficult task in itself when trying to teach little ones over Zoom. And I'm sure many of you parents are still haunted by virtual lessons yourselves. But this well-loved music teacher was up to the challenge and started offering virtual piano lessons. And she is here to share with us why she decided to keep it going. Please welcome April Resmer from Miss April's Music Studio. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. This is fantastic. April, this interview is so long overdue. I really appreciate you coming on and your patience because you and I have been connecting for the past year, year and a half now. Yeah. You've always kind of been putting the bug in my ear being like, if you're ever interested, <laughs> you know, in having me on. And I'm like, what is a way I could bring April on? And then of course, you know, I have the theme of music and we're, you know, gearing back up to in-person events and concerts and everything. And I want to be diverse yes. as possible. And I'm like, oh, music teacher, let's do it. So yeah, no, honest. it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's definitely exciting for that kind of stuff to be coming back. It is. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. It's a wonderful feeling for sure. So April, tell me a little bit about yourself and about your love for music. When did you start learning how to play the piano? Were you self-taught or did you have a teacher yourself? So a little bit about me, I am an only child and I am the eldest out of all of my cousins on both sides of my family. I am born and raised a Valley girl. I am fully bilingual and I grew up always having a love for both animals and music. So we had horses, dogs, cats, even bunnies growing up. There was always something, something around our place. Um, I've always loved music for as long as I can remember. 
I've always been a part of either my school or my church singing groups, plays, productions. In high school, I was a member of all of the bands that I could be a part of. And I can't say that there was ever really one definite moment where I realized that I loved it. It's just always been something that I've, I've done and that I've loved to do. Um, maybe one little part of my life that stands out as an early, early child is that my uncle is very musical and he's the only one in my family other than me who is naturally where like everything just comes, he's more gifted than I am, but it's just anyway. And I think with him and getting together at Christmas time, we would always try and arrange a song. So we'd be like, okay, come on, like after dinner, let's go downstairs. And so here's the song and here's the chords and I'm going to play the guitar and you're going to do the piano. And then we would perform it after, after like, you know, everybody's having kind of drinks at the end of the night type of thing. Right. So maybe maybe those events that I got to do with him, maybe that's where my love kind of started and just seeing how our family members reacted to that special moment. And anyway, I can't say for sure, but I know that that as a child, that is definitely an early memory of loving, loving music. Um, I started piano at the age of three with a teacher and I ended up stopping. I don't even know what age I was, maybe four or five, um, only because the methods being used at that time got to be too hard for me. There was like, there was that one book that we were using and there was basically no other alternatives and it just got to be too, too advanced for the age that I was at. So I ended up stopping and then I picked it back up again around the age of 10 and with this teacher and I was best friends with this teacher's daughter. So I just came home one day and said to my mom, I took a piano lesson. I got to go back next week. And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to take lessons because my best friend, that's her mom. And we're just going to do this. And we started out doing, um, duets for the local festivals. So Pembroke Festival, Renfrew Festival, her mom would put us both in. And that's pretty much how I, I got started with my, my lessons again and got excited for music at that age. Uh, they ended up moving and then I transitioned to another teacher in the Pembroke area. And then it, was, it wasn't until I got to be with her that I started the Royal Conservatory curriculum. Um, and then I, it was kind of intertwined a little bit at that time too. So I was taking with her and then I was taking with um, our pastor's wife at the church because she wrote her own book on courting which was super interesting to me. So I was kind of dabbling a bit with both teachers. And, uh, and then I ended up taking vocal lessons when I was out West in college. So there's been lots of teachers, lots of styles of music being introduced to me. And uh, as a teacher, I try and do that too. I try and offer both styles to my students. Um, yeah. And my ultimate goal for each student is to be able to take lessons with me because I often tell them, I'm like, you're not going to be taking piano lessons forever. I'm like, well, maybe you will, but I doubt it. <laughs> so my goal is to be able to give them the tools that they need so that whenever they are on their own as an adult, if someone gives them a sheet of music, they know what to do with it. Right. That would make me feel like I've accomplished and I've I've taught it to them properly, whatever it may be. An actual sheet of music with like left hand, right hand notation or like a chord sheet. Right. But just knowing knowing what to do with that kind of stuff. So because I've had I've had both and I try and do both for my students, too. 
Okay, April, we need to go back a second here because <laughs> when you say that you started piano lessons at the age of three, that is mind blowing to me because my daughter is only two right now. And I could never imagine a year from now putting her in front of a piano and knowing what to do. That's <laughs> such a young age. Yeah, it really was. And I don't remember much. I know where she lived. <laughs> I can bring you exactly to her house in Pembroke. How that memory still sits with me is beyond me. Um, and I do like my, cause my mom kept all the books. So I do still have that book that I used whenever I started with her. So when I look at those pages, that's kind of a memory, but other than that, like <laughs> no memory whatsoever. <laughs> No, see, for us growing up, we had like an electric keyboard. The one that if, have you seen The Office? Yeah. Aaron, what about my keyboard? Oh, so good to be home. Have a little bossa nova. It was just like that theme on an electric, an electric keyboard. <laughs> that like stands out to me and that's how like we grew up just like playing on that um so I mean that was like my experience and my sister was completely self-taught so um I mean it was just so interesting but what age do you recommend for kids to start learning piano um with my own um with my own studio, the youngest that I've ever taught was also three. And it was my neighbor's kids. We're very close with them. And uh, I used a color system. So online, I found, I think it was called Rainbow Technique. So what it is, it's this book that you purchased, this PDF book, you print it off. And then there's color, there's little like sheets that you cut out and you stick on your piano notes. So then whatever is on the page, they just play that color of the note. So there's no actual note reading. It's just playing by color, but then there's still focus on the rhythm and the note values, right? So there's a little bit of that kind of learning, but that was the, that was the youngest that I've ever taught. Um, and then in my studio now, I would say that the average age is about five or six. So school age, school age kids where they're able to, you know, listen for, and, and sit for 20, 30 minutes, you know, depending, depending on the lesson. Um, and uh, yeah, they're like a school age children, I think is, is the best. So you started your lessons with no music theory. So what does this mean? So with my two earliest elementary teachers, uh, I never remember doing any theory work. And I remember my lessons being taught mostly by rote. So they would show me what to do. And because I was very much like your sister, where I just picked it up by ear, where I could hear it and remember what they showed me. And then I would do it. So at that age, it was really fun. And I, I had a good ear where I was able to remember what they showed me. So when I went home to practice, it was like, oh my gosh, like you can, you're actually playing. Right. Um, and then once I transitioned to um, the one in Pembroke with the RCM curriculum, she's the one that introduced me to theory. So obviously at that point in the game, I could not figure out why I needed this extra work. So there was very, very minimal, minimal theory being done. Um, it wasn't until I really kind of learned the why behind it, that it's like, if, if you want to go anywhere with your music, you need this course and this knowledge to be able to go anywhere. So I completed my intermediate, advanced history theory, all of that stuff 
with online programs from a school in Toronto as an adult. Now you've been teaching piano lessons since 2001, so over 20 years. When did you first realize that you wanted to start offering piano lessons to children, April, and not teens or adults? Yeah, so in the past 20 years of teaching, um, I've taught all different kinds of ages. I have taught adults and teens and kids, but I like being silly and funny and like thinking of ways to bring the music to life. So there's so many times in my lessons where like uh, I thought of an example the other day of introducing a staccato note. So a staccato note is technically a detached note. Like that's, that's the meaning of it. Right. But it's like, kids are like, what the heck does that even mean? Right. So I'm like, well, it's a, it's a hot note. If the piano was a hot oven, like if mommy had the oven on and you put your finger on it, would you leave your finger there? And they're like, Oh no. (laughs) Right. I'm like, what would happen? I would burn my finger. So they know then when they're touching the piano note, they have to release it right away. So it gives them the technique that they need, but not in the technical term that, you know, is being used. So, and I just find that teens and adults, we start to lose that imagination, right? So, and with my style of teaching, I just find it's best that I am well-suited for kids. I love working with kids. And I also believe that every student should have a few different teachers, right? It's like going through school. You don't want to keep the same teacher from K all the way to 12. You want to have those different influences in your life. And it's the same for me with piano lessons. So, I kind of market myself as an elementary specialist. I have, you know, taken a course that certifies me in that. And that, so I'm able to reach that type of client. And I know that they're going to be able to receive my instructions well. I know that I enjoy that age that I'm teaching and that I'm good at it. So the people that want to be in my studio, because they know that about me, right? It's just, it's good all around. I enjoy it. Parents enjoy it. The kids find it fun. So it's just, it's just what I, what my specialty is. And it's kind of cool that I've now been able to narrow that down. Well, you've got the personality for it for (laughs) sure. Like you're very outgoing, you're very personable. And even just that analogy too, with, with the hot oven, like you were describing that to me. I'm like, I get that. I completely understand that. So to be able to like, think of those quick thoughts right at the top of your head when teaching students, I mean, even to an adult, like I would understand, like, I understand that. So you need that element though, to be able to bring it down to a child's level, uh, especially with music chords, because it's, it's so difficult and it's self-learning that. Yeah, it's, it's a totally other language. I've had that conversation before where there was a girl last year she was doing her grade six Royal Conservatory stuff with me. So by the time we get to that level, it's like, we know she knows stuff, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's advanced. It's so cool though. It is, it's a totally other language and it's just, it's amazing. So April, how long are your lessons typically? And what are some examples of some really easy piano songs for beginners? So my current lessons are anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, again, depending on level. Um, As a beginner, anywhere from beginner to like roughly grade one, grade two, sometimes is 30 minutes. Anything after that, I like to go 45 or an hour just because there's more material that we need to cover in that time. And then with my online programs, they are anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes for each lesson. But the great thing about my online program that I have is that you can start and stop at any time. And there's multiple times during that program that I'll say, okay, stop it here for today. 
go back and practice what we've done and then come back tomorrow and do the rest kind of thing. So it's lovely because it, it can be adapted to anybody's schedule and it can just be adjusted based on your individual needs, right? So it's, it's great. And I think too, that with the way that I teach some of the Royal Conservatory books, their song titles are kind of blah, right? So like Minuet and A minor, it's like, well, what the heck is that, right? So then we think, I, I tell my students, okay, go home this week, practice it, but give it a new title. Give it something like when you play this one, what does it make you think of? Or like if you were creating a movie for this and this song had to be in the movie, what would be happening in the movie, right? So I'm constantly trying to pull that fun, creative kind of side instead of being like, oh, I'm playing Minuet today. It's like, no, I, you know, gave it a title. I forget what one of the students said that they called it, but they come up with the greatest titles. I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, their creative minds can really get flowing. And I mean, it would be so much better than just sitting them down being like, all right, guys, let's start with hot cross buns. Exactly. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, no, April, I don't mean to put you in the hot seat here because this was not one of my prepared questions for you. <laughs> but I do have to ask because as much as I do want to get away from pandemic talk, I have to know about how you pivoted with your virtual lessons. Were you offering this before? No, no, never considered, never, ever a consideration to do online lessons ever. <laughs> it basically came down to it being like, do I want to try and continue teaching and doing what I love? Or do I want to get another job right. is basically what it was. So you're, I, you're doing this full time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I still gosh. have, I still have over 40 students every week. So did you lose any of them during the pandemic? Yeah, Why? I was up to, yeah, I had quite, we had booked our festival or our concert at the end of the year at festival hall. That's oh. like, it was the biggest number of students that I've ever had at that time. And like everything was booked and paid and ready to go. And yeah. Just threw a wrench in the plans, but Just you did adapt rest, but... though, April. And you really, yeah. you really, and truly did. Like when I was going back in the archives, I'm like, this woman did not stop. Like, <laughs> you created so many programs and you were, you were doing the virtual teachings and you're still doing them now. So obviously you're doing something that's working. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's worked. It's worked really well. I am really, really happy that I was able to, well, and it was just a lot of learning in the beginning, right? It's like, okay, well, what do I need to do? What platform do I need? And in the beginning, it was like Zoom, FaceTime, uh, Skype, like anything and everything that anybody wanted to do, I was accommodating. I'm like, yeah. if you want to continue with lessons and you want to continue this, I'm going to make it work whatever, which way I need to make it work. So yeah. And then it wasn't until I would try and explain some of our theory work over Zoom to my younger students where it was, it was impossible. So then that's where the online, um, like the pre-recorded programs kind of evolved. That's a good idea with pre-recorded sessions. Oh, it's I wouldn't wonderful. even have thought of that. Yeah. It's wonderful. All of my studio parents say, even when we do go back to one-on-one -on -one lessons, they want their theory in that way. Because what happens is you go to your lesson, they come here for their lesson or whatever. And we say, okay, do page 56 this week of your theory and they go home if parents don't have any musical knowledge the parents don't understand what to do either so there's a whole week wasted where that's not being done because the kid either forgets what to do or they can't remember what I showed them and then the parents don't know so they're like we'll just wait until next week so now this way 
they have access to these pre-recorded videos. I explain everything. I do like a share screen and explain it all. And then they're able to show their parents the video if they don't understand it. And then that way the parent says, oh, this is what she wants you to do. Done. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, now that summer's here, April, you have launched your summer camp programs that you're offering this July. So do you want to kind of share with my listeners what that's all about and what people can expect? Yeah. So I've got two different programs that I'm offering. Uh, One is music bingo. So this is a game that when the pandemic kind of started and we started our online lessons, I did it with my students and they loved it. It was so much fun. So it's a game that I host throughout school. So out school is a platform where teachers can make a page and then parents go to that site and sign up with lessons for that particular teacher. So it's hosted throughout school and it's every Wednesday in July from 11 to 1130. So it gives, you know, I find it's a good time if parents are like, okay, we're in from the pool. Let's have some lunch. Don't bug me. You need to do something (laughs) right here. Let's give you a bingo game and let's put you online and just do this little bingo game. So that's the one that I have, which is music bingo. And once you sign up all the materials on there. So once you sign up throughout school, everything is on there and it's just like a downloadable page and we just play the bingo game on zoom. So there's no super easy, nothing to have to learn. You don't have to know music or anything like that to participate with it. It's just going to be a way for kids to get to know me too, right? If they're thinking about doing any other kind of lesson. And then the other one is my Presto Theory program. So these are the pre-recorded video lessons with the theory. And I wanted to do a group setting with it this summer. So I've got some students who want to fast track and get through their preliminary levels if they're deciding that exams and that kind of route is what they want to do. So by doing this um, summer program, it's going to allow them to do that. And it's just a way maybe for other students who don't, haven't done theory yet. And maybe their teachers are telling them you should look into getting, you know, getting your theory. This is a way that we can just do it in a group setting. And it's not like a real, like homework style feel kind of a lesson, right? It's just going to be a fun group, group class. And what are your price points around these? Price points is music bingo is $10. And I actually have a link on my Facebook page where if you're a new out school um, parent that's signing up for a lesson, if you sign up using my link, you can get $20 off. And so it's $10 per class and you can sign up for one, you can sign up for all four, whatever suits. And with the Presto Theory programs, that varies price depending on which program you want to do. So the preliminary level is $200 and then it goes up from there. But keep in mind that you're getting the entire course. That's not just the summer camp option. The summer camp option is, is an additional onto the entire um, 12 lesson course is what is what the Presto is. And I'm assuming you still have spots available so that people can register, sign their kids up. Yes, yes. Lots of spots available. The more the merrier. Perfect. Okay. Well, April, before we wrap up our interview, I do have a fun music game because I love trivia. I love games. <laughs> so let's test your I'm no knowledge. Good at trivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many keys are on a piano? 88. Oh my goodness. Look at you, smart. <laughs> Marty Pants over here. Can you play a full song with your eyes closed? 
Maybe. I know I have my students try it sometimes, but possibly. We have to record one for you doing that. Yeah. Is the keyboard easier to learn than the piano? I think the keyboard keys are more narrow. So for a younger student, it is a little bit easier. And if it's not a weighted keyboard, they're easier to push as well. So yes, possibly. How old was Beethoven when he learned to play the piano? Ooh, boy, I should know this. Mm, I want to say five. <gasps> Stop it, April. <laughs> You're right. But you That's have my music beat. theory courses. <laughs> but you have him beat, though, because you started at three. So take True that, Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours do you recommend to practice the piano each week? Ooh, depending on level, when you're a beginner, I would say 10 to 15 minutes a day at best, at the absolute most, no more than that. And as you get older, depending on what you're, what you're doing, I always like to have my students do mini, mini chunks of practice, right? Sit down, go through two lines of your song today. Don't feel like you have to go through the entire thing. Because by the time you go through the entire thing, if you're still struggling with it, you're going to feel frustrated. And I don't want my kids to ever have to leave the piano with that frustrated feeling. So I like, I don't even tell my students to be like, okay, you have to have to practice X number of hours per week. No. You no. can leave that to their parents anyways. Because you know yeah, that mom and dad enough. will look after that one. True enough. <laughs> And what is one local musician or band, music store or music venue that you think everyone should know about? Mm -hmm. This one's an easy one. This one is Streetlight Musical Theater Company in Pembroke. So I volunteer as a music producer for some of the children's shows. So I have done Into the Woods Junior, Beauty and the Beast Junior. And it's just such a great community of like-minded people, right? Like everybody there loves theater, loves music, loves acting. And it's just, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And the kids programs, like the ages of the kids are anywhere from, I think it's five to 18. And it's just, it's lovely. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. And I know that they just had their open house yesterday. I missed it, but um, so they're looking into getting back into doing their productions and stuff too, which is super exciting. Great shout out, April. This is not the first time that Streetlight Music Theater has been plugged on OB Boss Babe. So this is nice to be able to give them another shout out again. Love it. April, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials, plug your website and uh, anything else that you'd like to promote uh, while you have the chance. Yeah. So everybody can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Miss April's Music Studio. And again, if you just Google Miss April's Music Studio, my website, my Facebook, everything, everything like that will come up. And again, you can find me on OutSchool. If you're familiar with that platform, you can just look up Miss April and uh, yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Boss Babe Corner. I hope you enjoyed our June series of lots of different music across all industries and areas. We will be back next week with a new startup Ottawa Valley uh, ambassador. So be sure to stay tuned for that along with our theme of the month. So we will be back next week and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thanks, April. Thank you.